the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for listening in. God loves us. He takes care of us, sustains us, and strengthens us through all of life's circumstances. And what must we do? Worship Him. Trust Him. Obey Him. Serve Him. We receive the benefits of God's grace and mercy even when we fall. Therefore, we must not forget to whom we belong and to whom we owe all honor, glory, and praise. As Pastor Rander challenges us to remember the Lord our God, have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to take notes. And Father, we thank you for your goodness and benefits. Help me now to preach in the power of your spirit. We thank you for what you're doing in the midst of this worship celebration. We love you. We thank you. And we bless you now. Restrain the work of the enemy and help me to speak in a way that the people can receive. And Father, I pray that against satanic interference, uh, as I present this message before your people, before your name, most of all, I, I pray, Father, that many come to know you, be challenged, convicted, saved, reclaimed, that they will repent and see Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. we are t- continuing our series through First John. Toward the end of the book, you get there faster if you go from Revelation, going backwards. We preach toward the end of, the, of this little tiny book. It's 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Again, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. There you will find these words. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. I want to preach from this particular text, true love from above, true love from above. By way of introduction, beloved, we live in a world that is filled with hate. We live in a world that's filled with terrorism and pain. 
pain all over the place. We live in a world that's filled with abuse, tears, so much strife. We live in a world and nation where we have jealousy and self-centeredness. Then there's bitterness around the world. We have genocide and human trafficking, even encroaching into America. We have wars and rumors of wars. There's protest and racial unrest. We have divisions here in our country. We have riots, looting, and the sweeping crime wave throughout this nation. But where is love? We hear the word love on the radio. We read about it in books and hear about it often spoken on television. But the fact of the matter is little to no love can be found. The world can give you new cutting edge technology with faster Internet service, but no real love. The world can give you the entertainment, but no real love. The world can give you an emotional high, have you spinning all over the place, but no real love. It can give you a false sense of love through likes on social media, but it is not real love. A person can whisper sweet nothings in your ear to satisfy their own physical need, but no real love. The world can offer you all kinds of alcoholic beverages and feel good drugs, but no real love. The world can give you a makeover and change your appearance and lift your cheeks and face lifts and all of these things, but no real love. The family should model what genuine love is, but so many homes are filled with divorce, separation, tension, strife, abuse, hurt, and pain, so much so that genuine, authentic love cannot even be found, in most cases, in the context of the family unit. And sadly, little, if any, love can be found in many of our churches today. Instead, instead of the church being a picture of heaven on earth, many who call themselves Christians are fighting over money. They're fighting over the color of robes and uniforms and chairs and carpet. They're competing for positions. They're struggling over types and styles of music and style of worship. The worship celebration is too loud or it's too quiet or the worship celebration does not have enough energy. We need some more pep in the energy, in the worship experience. But what is all of this? What is energy and what is style of worship without genuine love? Also, many churches fail to display authentic love within the church because of power struggles. Little love can be found in the context of the church because of gossip, not to mention sexual immorality, being polarized in the church over politics, hinder genders, and divisions that are so prevalent in many of our churches today. My friend, what is theology without love? What is prayer without love? What is a song without love? What is a Bible without love? What is genuine worship or so-called worship without loving one another? 
John, in this particular passage, addresses this vital subject because he knew that the only way an onlooking world would be drawn to Christ is through genuine, agape, authentic love. Jesus himself says in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The Lord has led me to break down this passage this way. Uh, Just write passage breakdown and then document accordingly, please. Passage breakdown, verses seven through eight is love commanded. Verses nine through 10 is love revealed by God. Verses 11 through 12 is love revealed to one another. And verses 13 through 16 is the evidence of God's love. Let's revisit this again. Verses 7 through 8, let's say it together, is what? Love commanded. Verses 9 and 10 is love revealed by God. Verses 11 through 12 is love revealed to one another. And verses 13 through 16, the evidence of God's love. Got it? Let's look at verses 7 and 8, love commanded. It says in chapter four, verses seven and eight, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who love is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. In these verses, John instructs believers to love one another. Love is not an option. We are commanded by God himself to love. As a matter of fact, when our love is from God, we will keep on loving one another. We should never cease to love one another. We never look more like Christ than when we love people, regardless of their status. We never look more like Christ when we love people more than ethnicity. We shouldn't decide whether we're going to love somebody based on the decisions they make or how they treat us. To be like Christ is to reflect the unconditional love of Christ. For this gives us the assurance that we are born of God and know him. To love like Christ is to possess an agape love. Say agape. Agape. Agape love. You say, what is that? That is a selfless, sacrificial love. Agape love is a selfless, sacrificial love which seeks the highest good of others. That's it in a nutshell. Agape love. It is a selfless, sacrificial love which seeks the highest good of others. And for those who do not love, it is because they do not know God, which means that God does not inhabit their soul. Beloved, love had its perfect expression among humanity in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark your calendars for Sunday, October 17th at 10 a.m. Join us at Maranatha Bible Church as we honor all medical professionals during our Medical Professionals Appreciation Worship Celebration. Come and worship with us as we recognize, encourage, and honor these selfless individuals who give of themselves and beyond the call of duty to those in need, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Lord himself is the essence of love. The Lord himself is the embodiment of love. 
The Lord himself is the personification of love. Apart from Jesus Christ, it is absolutely impossible to have genuine love because love comes from God who is the source of love. Verse 8 says in the text, God is love. You want to know what true love is? Look at God, which means that Love is the very being and nature of God. Did you get that? Love is the very being and nature of God. If we truly know God, we will love as he does. And the absence of love gives evidence that a person does not know God. Allow me to transition now. How are believers negligent of God's love? God commands us to love. So with that being said, well, are all people loving as God required? No. So how are believers negligent when it comes to God's love? Number one, believers are negligent by not keeping the commandments of God. That's being negligent with the love of God by not keeping the commandments of God. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is how you display the mere fact that you love me. Beloved, stop saying you love God if you're not obeying him without hesitation, if you're not obeying him without reservation, and if you're not obeying him without procrastination. Okay, God, I'll go to the mission field, but I I think I want to hang around until my kids get grown. You put stipulations on God's obedience. Stop saying you love God if you are not obeying him without hesitation, without reservation and without procrastination. Let me give you this. Obedience is the key to a victorious God blessed life. You need to write that down if you don't write anything, anything else down. Obedience is the key to a victorious God blessed life. And some of you are struggling and you're going to struggle if you're not being obedient to God. Do what he says. Believe what he says. Act on his word when he when he doesn't make sense. Believe God without faith. It is impossible to please him. If you want to live the victorious Christian life, if you want to have victory over Satan, victory over the world, victory over the flesh, then start obeying God. Not tomorrow. Now. Secondly, how are believers negligent of God's love? By refusing to faithfully serve God with all their heart. By refusing to faithfully serve God with all their heart. First Samuel 12, 24. 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully and with all your heart. Serve God with all of your inner being. I love this part. For consider what great things he has done for you. Consider what great things he has done for you. When you consider how God has kept you, made a way for you, educated you, provided for you, didn't give you what you deserve, that ought to motivate your love for God. Do I have a witness here? (laughs) That ought to motivate your love. Consider great things he has done for you, for you. 
And when, when you when you consider the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the compassion of God, the provision of God and on and on, that should move you to love God with all your soul, mind, heart and strength. And nobody on this side of heaven should be able to stop you from loving God. You need to love him all the way to death and then cross over still loving God around the throne. Thirdly. I believe it's negligent with the love of God. Believers are negligent of God's love when they rob him of his tithe. Believers are negligent of God's love when they rob him of his tithe. Malachi 3.8 says, will a man rob God? You know, think about that. Will a man rob God? When you consider his goodness to you, his mercy to you, his salvation, his word, his Holy Spirit, uh, our heavenly home, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, he says. How you... Stop saying you love God while you rob it. Stick them up, God. I love you. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to stick them up. I'm not giving you this. This is too much. Stick them up, God. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Your love for God will compel you to give to him the first and best of what God has blessed you with financially. Again, I reiterate, your love for God will compel, move you uh, to give to him the first and the best of what God has blessed you uh, with financially. Fourthly, believers are negligent with God's love by not fulfilling the promises they made to him. Believers are negligent of God's love by not fulfilling the promises that they made to God. Ecclesiastes 5.5 says, it is better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. You're being most negligent if you make a vow to God and then don't keep it. He didn't force you to make the vow to begin with. You made that vow. Okay. Oh God, if you get me up off the sick bed, if you change my child, he's rebellious. If you heal my body, if you, if you just raise me up, if you get me this job, if you get me through this test, I'm going to serve you till you die. You pass the test, you get in the career. God does what, what you ask him to do for you. And then you go on and forget the vow you made to God. Better had you not made the vow than to make the vow and not keep it. Number five, believers take advantage of God's love by sinning while anticipating the forgiveness of God. Believers take advantage of God's love by sinning while anticipating the forgiveness of God. Romans 6, 1 and 2 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Listen, it's a dangerous thing to play with God's forgiveness. It is a dangerous thing to play with the mercy of God. Believers take advantage of God by sinning while anticipating, well, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to repent. Listen, God God knows your heart. God is an all-knowing God. I mean, he's omniscient. I'm the science. He knows everything. He knows when you're playing games. How are you going to trick God with your little puny self? You're finite. He's infinite. You can't can't even measure that. that, Your brain can't even compute. Be real with God. Be authentic with God. Don't say, oh, I got to give in. I got to give in. The Lord understand. No, he doesn't. He doesn't understand you laying with somebody that's not your wife, not your husband. Oh, he understand. Uh, that's what the blood is for. You know, you, you're in for a bloody whooping. 
He chasing those he loves. And if he's not chasing you, you really none of his to begin with. Number six, we are negligent of God's love by possessing a spirit of ingratitude when we have so much for which to be thankful. We are negligent of God's love by possessing a spirit of ingratitude when we have so much for which to be thankful. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, ingratitude is a dangerous sin. It's grievous in the sight of God. And you're negligent with the love of God when you don't return thanks to him for all his benefits toward you. Listen, the older you get in Christ, the more thankful you ought to be. I mean, you'll be thanking God more in this season of your life than you did 10 years ago. That's right. Matter of fact, you ought to be shouting. Matter of fact, I like when you you ought to just think yourself happy. It, you ought not have the, the, the organ music ought to not have to get your gratitude going. That's right. You don't need the drums to get your gratitude going. That's right. You don't, you don't need these add-ons. You don't need a microphone to get your gratitude on. You can just sit in the presence of God or lay on your bed or sit in the chair and think of God's goodness to you. That, that shouting news right there, your mouth hadn't moved. You start thinking and you start shouting. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I'm talking about thinking of who God is and what he's done for you and to you should motivate you to be more grateful to Jesus. And then number seven, we are negligent of God's love when we are recipients of forgiveness and refuse to extend that same forgiveness toward others. That's a big one. We are negligent of God's love when we are recipients. All of us in here, we are recipients of God's forgiveness. I mean, truth be told, we all should be wiped out. All of us deserve hell. And the reason we are not going to hell is because of the grace of God. We are negligent of God's love when we are recipients of forgiveness and refuse to extend that same forgiveness toward others. Colossians 3.13 says, bearing with one another And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. Just as he forgive you, you dispense that same forgiveness to others. So you also must forgive. Not should. That's emphatic. Must forgive. Say must. Must. You say, you don't know what he done to me. You don't know what she done to me. The betrayal. I'm still mad 40 years later. It's because you haven't let go. Why are you killing yourself? Let's look at verses 9 through 10. Love revealed by God. Verses 9 through 10, love revealed by God. The scripture says, by this, the love of God was revealed in us that God has sent his one, his his only uh, son into the world so that we may live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation of our sins. In verse nine, God revealed, look at this, God revealed his love to lost humanity by sending his one and only son into the world as a sacrifice to take away our sins so that we might have eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 10, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross satisfied 
the righteous demand of a holy and just God. It satisfied the wrath of God that we should have had against us. Jesus took the hit on Calvary. This word propitiation, say propitiation. It means appeasement. It means appeasement or it means satisfaction. In other words, uh, the sacrifice of Christ was sufficient to pay the penalty for all the sins of all whom God brings to faith. The blood of God's only son covered our sins and set us free from the guilt and penalty of sin. Thank God for the doctrine of propitiation. It's satisfied. When God sees us, he sees the blood. When we pleaded the blood over our sins and he does not hold those sins against us because of the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verses 11 and 12, love revealed to one another. Love revealed to one another. Verses 11 and 12, which says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. Stop saying, oh, I saw God. No, you just too many pork chops. <laughs> if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Since God gave us the greatest demonstration of sacrificial love by giving us his one and only son to down a cross in our place, we should emulate that same love toward one another, which indicates that his love has been perfected in us. Uh, beloved, this gives evidence of our maturity, perfected in Christ, maturity in Christ, brought to completion in Christ. Our salvation is complete. We don't have to add anything to it, take anything from it. We don't have to have a second blessing. We don't need all of that. Salvation stands for what it is through the atoning work of Calvary. How do we demonstrate true love from above? How do we demonstrate true love from above? So you're talking about this lovey-dovey talk and you're not demonstrating little to none of it. How do we demonstrate true love from above? Number one, we must ask God to cultivate within each of us a loving heart. This is how you demonstrate true love from above. We must ask God to cultivate within each of us a loving heart. Now, some of you are just so mean as you can be. Some of you are mean to your wife. You talk uh, loud. You're aggressive. Some wives to husbands, some husbands to wives. Look how quiet it is now. Can I get an amen in here? It's getting kind of icy now. Some children treat their parents mean. And some parents are mean to their children. Some grandchildren don't even want to be around their grandparents. They run away. If you're going to demonstrate true love from above, you must have or possess a loving heart. You must love seniors, love young adults, love little children. Those little children know when you don't like them. That little baby rather see me, but he was just smiling and reaching out at me. You got a bad spirit. Those kids won't come around you either. And a bad spirit is a bad thing to possess because you drive folk away and then you're mad because folk won't speak to you. But the truth is they don't know what to do with you when they come into your presence. Number two, we cannot demonstrate genuine love until we first strip ourselves of anything that prohibits the love of God from being displayed in our lives. We cannot demonstrate genuine love until we strip, say strip, strip ourselves of anything that prohibits the love of God from being displayed in our lives. 
If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.